If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. During the 5 o'clock news, we of course heard the BC government will soon begin sending up to 50 cancer patients per week uh, to Bellingham. Health Minister Adrian Dix made the announcement uh, shortly after 2.30 uh, today. The minister said that uh, starting on May 29th, uh, BC Cancer will offer eligible patients the opportunity to have their radiation therapy at one of two partner clinics uh, in Bellingham, Washington. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the issue is Health Minister Adrian Dix. Minister, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon. Uh, is this a temporary program? By temporary, is, you have a sense of, of when it will end? Yes, it is. This is a, a two-year agreement um, with uh, centres in Bellingham. It allows us to do up to 50 uh, patients a month to significantly increase our capacity. If you think of what 50 patients a week, I should say, 50 patients a week is, it's about uh, 2,000 to 2,500 patients over the course of a year. We had delivered last year about 14,000 new patients radiation therapy. So this is a very significant short-term increase that will reduce wait times for people needing radiation therapy. For me, it wasn't acceptable that wait, line, wait times for some people were going outside of the clinical standard. And so this is an action to do that while all of the action, other actions we're taking in our 10-year cancer plan come into effect. How do we get here? How do we get here? We yeah. got here because we're seeing, one, a significant increase in population, two, uh, a lack of investment really over 15 years in some areas of care, which we're fixing by our 10-year cancer plan and other initiatives we're taking, three, we have an aging population. And so what we wanted to do here is simply take advantage of a circumstances that was there for many patients which is to reduce wait times now while we take all the other measures to address the fundamental issue. But if you look at the next 10 years, we're going to go from 30,000 cancer diagnoses in BC to 45,000. So that's why we're building all of these new cancer centers and adding all these linear accelerators across BC. But if you have cancer right now, as we speak on, uh, on May the 14th, well, you want us to take action now, and that's what we're doing. Um- What's to, how can you reassure British Columbians that we won't be here having the same conversation five years from now? Because we're building um, a significant capacity in the system. There's a lot of talk today about Surrey. Well, we're building a second hospital in Surrey, one that had been delayed and not built in the past. Uh, we have uh, 17 major hospital projects. We, ha- we have four uh, new cancer centre projects going in place. So that capacity is there. And we have a health human resources plan that coming out of the this, going through this period of the COVID-19 pandemic is a major investment. And so all of that says that we're preparing for the future. But it also shows what we did today was that we're going to take action to support patients and deliver them the patients, uh, the care they need and not be uh, stuck on ideology or ceremony, but the focus on delivering that care. So somebody listening today and now needing that cancer care, how would it work in regards to traveling to Bellingham, uh, the cost that uh, they would have to incur to be there, to be there with loved ones? How would that 
work on a sort of a practical on the ground level? On a practical uh, on the ground level, all the costs are going to be um, supported, including for a person accompanying the person having cancer, giving them uh, who has cancer, giving them support through their radiation therapy. The focus will be right now on the two largest groups of people needing radiation therapy, uh, prostate cancer and breast cancer. And uh, they would be fully supported for their costs going to Bellingham and then supported in their care, obviously, when they're in Bellingham and then back in, uh, in British Columbia. Much of this care would be done within five days, a series of treatments over a five-day period. And uh, that's, why, uh, that's why we're doing it this way. This adds, like I say, to our capacity right now. We have, um, we're going to go to about 14,000. We have to do about 14,000 new patients every year. We expect that number to increase dramatically because of an aging population and population growth in the next couple of years. And this allows us to meet that and to reduce wait times. And that's what we want to do. So if I'm going across uh, with a family member who needs care, you know, you can expense your gas, your, your food, and then I guess costs over there at the clinic are directly billed uh, to the uh, system? And if you're staying there, uh, accommodation as well, of course. Yeah. And, that, and that is just a question of the individual or individuals attending. Who You would just hand in your expenses or file your expenses? Then? You, you would, but there's going to be a whole uh, concierge team of BC Cancer supporting you in that journey. So you're going to get supports to do that, and you will be uh, reimbursed for all of those costs. And I think that's an important uh, an important thing, people traveling across the border. It's uh, an important moment in a stressful moment. That's what we want them to be accompanied and uh, providing support for costs. Some people would might choose to go back and forth. You know, if you lived in South Surrey, for example, uh, Jazz, that might be the case. Mm-hmm. But for others, they would have to stay there during the course of their treatment, and they'd be supported in that. And uh, this will also, of course, create um, more space and more opportunity for people in British Columbia to go to BC, other BC cancer centers and get mm-hmm. the radiation therapy they need. You're increasing your capacity and reducing wait times. And I think when you get a cancer diagnosis and you need radiation therapy, the only question in your mind is how soon can I get it? And this will allow us to give it to people sooner. Minister, just a broad philosophical question. You uh, are the minister of the largest um, ministry by budget. I think probably 40 cents for every dollar we spend uh, at the BC government goes towards healthcare. You have a, a significant large budget, a large responsibility that comes with it. Isn't there something philosophically wrong that we, who, as Canadians, as British Columbians, we spend so much of our dollars put into healthcare, a public system, we support a public system, that we are still reliant on the United States, in this case, Bellingham facilities, to deal with some of our challenges. Why can we not uh, fix this healthcare system? Uh, It's not a question of not putting enough dollars in, and this is not, you know, and we could have this conversation under BC Liberal government as well, but why do we put so much money into this system, but we are still, at the end of the day, having to send people to Bellingham. There's something philosophically wrong. Something is wrong with our system, and we have to do that. Well, Jez, I think there would be something wrong with the system if we had this opportunity to reduce wait times and we didn't take it. So we are absolutely doing that. But look what's happened in the last few years. B.C. has done a better job dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic than all of the other provinces, in my view, and lots of other people's view, in all 50 American states. We are, uh, delivering in, uh, we are delivering the highest level of surgery we've ever done. We've gone from the bottom of the country in many key surgical categories to the top. We lead Alberta in vastly the most surgical categories. We went from the lowest level of diagnostic care in many places, especially Fraser Health. 
We're now at the top. We're, uh, we just announced a deal with Family Doctors, and 3,044 of them have joined that deal, including 500 people who didn't practice longitudinal family practice last year. We, had the, we led the country in the recruitment of new registered nurses. In fact, we're delivering for the system. We added, as you know, 150,000 people to BC last year because we have a growing economy, the best economy in the country overall, and we're delivering service for those. And we've gone from a period really of a decade prior to my becoming Minister of Health when we um, were below um, all other jurisdictions in terms of investment in healthcare, And now we're making up for that. Uh, with uh, major investments. And I think that's what people want us to do, and that's what we're doing. So I, I think this is an unusual circumstances. But, you know, I think it's also in a public health care system. You go and you find people the care they need, and that's exactly what we're doing. Minister, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Take care, eh? For just joining us, uh, we spoke to Health Minister Adrian Dix at the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, uh, of course, in regards to his announcement a few hours ago in regards to the B.C. government, uh, who said uh, that they will soon be sending up to 50 cancer patients per week to the United States for treatment. Uh, the program will begin on, sept- on May 29th, and it will be 50 cancer patients per week. Uh, Mr. Dix uh, said that with our growing population and some of uh, the lack of funding uh, from um, a previous era. Let me <laughs> read through the lines there. BC Liberals' lack of funding, according to Mr. Dix, uh, they're in this uh, situation at this particular point that his government is spending more money, and they are building more cancer centers. More dollars are coming, but at this particular point, at this time, to help people that are uh, needing cancer treatment here and now, they are going to be sending up to 50 cancer patients per week to the United States for treatment. And of course, uh, if a loved one can go with those patients uh, and that will be picked up by that cost will be picked up by taxpayers well joining me now to talk a little bit about the issue is dr brian day founder and current medical director of the canby surgery center dr day thank you for joining us oh you're welcome uh, I wanted to chat with you today because, you know, this government uh, uh, has been fighting and has fought uh, the uh, idea of uh, private clinics helping uh, in the broader challenges of healthcare, dealing with challenges of healthcare in this uh, this uh, province and country. And here we are sending uh, patients to Bellingham, or soon we'll be sending them to Bellingham. Your thoughts on today's announcement? Well, well, I think for the patients, it's a, it's a good thing. There, it's nothing new, you know. In the in the early nineties, the NDP government of um, of that era um, was sending patients down to Washington State for open heart surgery. So there's nothing new in this, um, but it is further evidence and, and, in fact, proof of of the collapse of the system uh, in Canada, the health system, and and there are many, many. Patients, um, you know, we we know from government data that over thirteen and a half thousand Canadians died last year waiting for medically necessary procedures and surgical wait, and that's an increase. That was an increase of twenty four percent over the last four years. But you know, we we know that in all cancers, not just those needing radiation, but cancers of the bladder, ovary, prostate, lung, colon, etc., only one in six patients up to as few as one in six patients are being treated in the maximum safe time that the government has designated. And we, this is not, this is a, a trans-Canada, pan-Canadian problem. You know, just earlier this this year, 
um, it, uh, the Ottawa General Hospital um, uh, announced that, uh, or, or admitted that only 13% of patients were, with breast cancer were meeting the target time, that the maximum safe time, 13%. And, and yet we know from studies that the risk of death rises from 6 to 8% every, every four weeks of delay. So this is, this is, a, this is a catastrophe. And uh, obviously, it's good for the patients that they get treated somewhere. Um, but um, but it's time to look at what's wrong with our health system and fix it. And and by doing that, you look at countries that are doing better than us, and we're ranked tenth out of tenth in by the of, of rich developed countries that have universal health care, and we're ranked tenth out of tenth in access, in equity, but number one in cost. So this is this is uh, these are uh, these statistics don't don't jive with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Mr. Dix, I did ask him. Look, how did we get here? Here's part of his response. How do we get here? We yeah. got here because we're seeing one a significant increase in population, two uh, a lack of investment really over 15 years in some areas of care, which we're fixing by our 10-year cancer plan and other initiatives we're taking. Three, we have an aging population. And so what we wanted to do here is simply take advantage of circumstances that was there for many patients, which is to reduce wait times now while we take all the other measures to address the fundamental issue. If you look at the next 10 years, we're going to go from 30,000 cancer diagnoses in BC to 45,000. If you have cancer right now, as we speak, well, you want us to take action now, and that's what we're doing. Do you buy the broader issue that Mr. what Mr. Dick says is in regards to how we got here? I mean, I understand the sort of macro-level broad comments that he's made, but there's something fundamentally wrong when we're spending $40 billion uh, or 40%, sorry, of, of our provincial budget on public health care, and we're still having to send people to Bellingham. Yeah, I mean, as I said, we, we are getting the worst value for money out of our system. And, of course, you know the, the reason... I believe that's the case, is that we have a monopoly that is no monopoly serves the consumer well. And we're, we're, we're talking about, let's look at Sweden and Norway and Belgium, and Germany and France and, and, and Switzerland. These are not right-wing countries. They all allow a little bit of competition that makes the public system perform better. And, and you know, we, have, we are literally... Um, uh, you know, as I said, uh, in last year, th- over 13,500 Canadians died on wait lists in for me- waiting for medically necessary procedures, which, it, and yet they are denied by law, the only country in the world that denies them by law the option of doing something about it. And then the other point is there are many cancers, many of the cancers that I've referenced could be treated at clinics in British Columbia, um, like ours. I mean, we, we know this, you know, um, Angelina Jolie um, had um, the gene for that was, predicts that you will get breast cancer. And we know from studies done uh, recently that women in BC are waiting up to two or three years for, for the procedures with this gene and developing breast cancer while they wait. And, and this is a completely preventable cancer. So there is a lot that has to be looked at, and it, it, uh, you can't simplify this. It's, 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 and perhaps the, the most profound statement I can make is it's actually cheaper in the long run 
to treat patients quickly. Even in, the, and I'm not talking public or private, I'm talking in the public system. But what we have in Canada is uh, rationed access based on three to four year financial uh, cycles between elections where governments don't, and this is, this is not a long-term solution. I think even Mr. Dix would, would admit that. Yeah. But we have a dire emergency in our health system, and yet no one is looking looking to, to at, at real solutions. And I, you know, I use the hockey analogy: if if you were the tenth ranked team in in a, in a hockey league with ten teams, and you were the the worst performer, and had the and yet were spending the most, wouldn't you go and look at what the top two or three teams are doing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Dr. Day, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome.